Say, aren't you a smart cookie? The fact that you're listening to this program tells me that you're intelligent, curious, and ready to learn new things. So take your seat with the rest of the class, and let's get right to today's topic. Today is all about salt, where it comes from, how to best use it in the kitchen, and how to cook on a Himalayan salt block. But we need to start off with a basic fact. All salt is sea salt. There are faint traces of salt that were delivered by meteors, asteroids, and the like, but it's highly unlikely you'll ever taste any of that. If you're eating salt, thank an ocean. Only 6% of all salt produced goes for human use. The rest goes for other things, including keeping your roads free of ice. So what's the deal with restaurants and stores selling sea salt as a specialty item? Those high prices are likely trying to trick you into think you're getting something exotic. You aren't. The differences in salt are in taste, texture, and processing. There are two main ways of getting salt, evaporation and mining. Evaporation is straightforward. You lay out some sea salt, let the sun do its thing, and what's left is salt, and some impurities that will be removed. Salt also comes from mining, where heavy equipment is used to carve out the underground salt deposits. This salt is sometimes called rock salt. Aha, you say! If all salt is sea salt, then what is it doing underground? What you're seeing is where a sea used to be. When you're cooking, seasoning is essential. It's important to taste the food before putting it in front of your guests so you know whether it needs more salt or pepper. It's cooking 101. Salt nearly always enhances flavor, so it becomes a necessity. Pepper is a spice, and its use is optional. The National Center for Biotechnology Information, part of the National Institutes of Health, says salt enhances the positive sensory attributes of food, even some otherwise unpalatable foods. I need to pause here to define the difference between taste and flavor. Taste is a scientific term because it can be measured and manipulated. Flavor is a sensory experience. Not that it really matters for our purposes, but I'll be using the word flavor to be more precise and so you know whether salt is affecting taste or flavor. Salt suppresses bitterness in food and enhances savory and sweet flavors. It also boosts the natural taste of the ingredients. Since it is a lot less expensive than quality ingredients, manufacturers use the hell out of it to boost flavor. When you see canned food, or really anything, out of the center of the grocery store, check the nutrition label and how salt in the product compares to your daily requirements. Then use those labels to add up all the salt in your daily diet, and it's likely you'll be surprised. You'll also better understand what the manufacturer is doing to chemically ramp up the flavor at the expense of the food you think you're buying. When you cook with fresh ingredients, you need much less salt as there's already a lot of flavor in the food. Your cardiologist will love you for it. The food science folks say that while salt has an impact on food's flavor, it really shines by releasing aromas in the food. Since much of flavor is smell, it gives your sniffer more to work with. There are three main categories of kitchen salt. Table salt, kosher salt, and finishing salt. You're familiar with table salt. It's the fine-grained salt that usually includes iodine, so you have a healthy thyroid. Kosher salt has larger flakes 
and doesn't usually contain additives like iodine. Finishing salt is a specialty item, and like truffled salt or smoked salt, is added just before the dish is served. Kosher and table salt are the primary kitchen salts. Table salt is better for baking. Kosher salt is better for cooking as it dissolves more easily. Foods should be salted as they are prepared. If you're cooking up some onions and peppers for another dish, salt and pepper them before adding it to other ingredients. Doing this will help each ingredient be the best it can be. It would seem this would lead to oversalting, but it generally doesn't. If you find that you have oversalted something, dairy is your friend. Add milk, cream, unsalted butter, sour cream, or other dairy products, and those will reduce the intensity of the salt. Now, I promised to tell you about pink Himalayan salt blocks, so grab some paper and a writing stick and let's get on with it. These big salt blocks are a cooking surface. They don't come from the Himalayas, and as you use them, they lose their pink color. The pink comes from crystals of salt that have been mined from areas close to the Himalayas, often in Pakistan. Its color comes from trace minerals like magnesium, potassium, and calcium. These blocks are large, heavy, expensive, and require care when cleaning or cooking on them. They do add some salt to the taste of food, but not much. If you're going to use one, you'll need to heat it slowly, but once it gets to the temperature you need, it holds heat for a long time, so be careful if you try to grab the thing after dinner is done. Cleaning is also an issue. You can't use water unless you want to see your large, expensive rock dissolve and run down the drain. When you want to clean it, Leave the job to a clean, dry cloth. Greasy foods don't pair well with a salt block as the grease can slip into crevices. When you use the stone the next time, the grease will expand faster than the stone and create cracks. However you decide to interact with salt, you probably shouldn't eliminate iodized table salt from your diet. Iodine is important, and if pregnant women don't get enough, their child could be stricken with congenital iodine deficiency syndrome. It's also known as cretinism. It's also known as cretinism. This is a nasty condition that impairs mental and physical development. It's very common around the world in places where iodized salt or other iodine supplements aren't available. Lastly, I want to mention Epsom salt, which isn't a salt at all, but a compound of salt and other minerals. It can be relaxing in a bath, but what you probably don't know is that Epsom salt can help remove deep splinters. Put a cup of it in your bath and slip in for a good soak. The salt will help bring the splinter to the surface, where you can use tweezers to pull it out. So now, when it comes to salt... Aren't you a smart cookie? Hungry in Nashville is brought to you by Out of My Pocket Productions and is copyrighted 2020 by me, Jim Grinstead. You can listen to Hungry in Nashville on our website, hungryinnashville.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can like us on Facebook or enter your email address on the website so you'll be notified when new episodes are posted. But the best thing you can do to support the podcast is to tell your friends about it and encourage them to subscribe. And if you have an idea for something you'd like to hear, don't be shy. Send it to idea at hungryinnashville.com. Thanks for listening, and may you eat well.